The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh my goodness, it's an honor to be with you. Welcome moms and families, all who listen. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we do encourage moms. Sometimes the world forgets how important you are, as you're raising up that next generation. So important. Okay, I am always on the lookout for issues that moms are dealing with or struggling with. So raise your hand if you could use some relationship help or advice. Yeah, me too. We are going to embark on a relationship series this week and next week to give moms help with relationship issues like opposing personalities, shame, and yes, even sex. I think lots of moms will be helped by our two experts in this relationship series. To kick, to kick us off, we've got uh, doctor and author Lena Abujamra, whose new book is called Don't Tell Anyone You're Reading This, A Christian Doctor's Thoughts on Sex, Shame, and Other Troublesome Issues. That's coming up when Channel Mom returns. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom. Whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison, on the radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.org. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the Compassionate Care Team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Yeah, welcome back. I hope you tuned in for a reason today. I hope that our relationship series is going to help you. And a shout out to our listeners from across the country, from Salem, Oregon, to, I don't know, I'm trying to think how far east we are now. Maybe to Illinois, but I'm not sure. And we might actually have somebody in South Carolina. (laughs) So everybody in the middle of the country and maybe a little bit in the east. And also to our podcast listeners, so grateful for you guys. The podcast, uh, the pod, not crast, podcast has grown precipitously. And we're grateful for the way in which you share and tell people about it. And uh, I hope it's a blessing to you. And I hope you do share with your friends when you find one that's good. So yeah, thanks to our podcast listeners. We're also uh, podcasting on YouTube now. And I know... Because of the subject matter of this particular interview, um, the word sex will be in the keywords. So I know we'll probably get more, 
<laughs> views just because of that. It's so stupid. I've seen myself get uh, views for, for just the dumbest words before, and that one tends to draw people. So there you go. All right. Let's get to our wonderful guest. She is a pediatric ER doctor. She's a Christian who was born in Lebanon. She's also the author of multiple books, including her Envelope Pusher, her new book, Don't Tell Anyone You're Reading This. That's the title of it. Don't Tell Anyone You're Reading This. A Christian Doctor's Thoughts on Sex, Shame, and Other Troublesome Issues. Welcome to Channel Mom, Dr. Abu Jamra. Hey, so good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yes, you're you're welcome. And and I'll try to keep getting Abu Jamra. I might just call you Lena. <laughs> I like it. Lena's good. And I was just chuckling about all the people looking up, you know, your your show based on that search, and they're going to be massively disappointed or angry or <laughs> right, right, what. But right, maybe right. maybe God will use it in their lives. Yes. We'll see. Because <laughs> well, because we're, we're giving them healthy advice. We're not doing all the right. the, the, the awful Obviously, stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I do want to at least acknowledge um, because you grew up in Lebanon. You are a Christian, and that world part of the world is in tragedy and on fire right now. So um, I just I, I hope you're doing all right. I know we're all in mourning. Um, and yeah. and so, you know, God bless you, my friend. I'm sure you have, you know, at least somebody that you know back there. Well, we do. We do work in Lebanon regularly with refugees, the Syrian refugees so far. We haven't worked as much with the Palestinian refugees, but just burdened with all of the implications of my own home country, but the entire region and uh, just so much grief. I think, um, yeah, a lot of prayer needed, a lot of wisdom. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm my I, I as I started the show, I thought. My heart's kind of heavy, and this is going to be dated probably in you know a year from now if somebody's listening to the podcast. But I just, it, it's hard not to have a heavy heart for all that's going on. I know God is in control, um, and He warned yeah. us that this yeah. stuff would happen. Um, but well, you know what's interesting about dated stuff regarding the Middle East is unless Jesus returns, like, and and I do recognize that what happened over the weekend and now is so much worse than anything that we've witnessed in the last certainly several years. Um, but it might, the dating of this episode, sadly, might still have impact in a year because yeah. so much of the Middle East is just recycling the same fights over and over again. And so I don't know what the Lord's up to, but we do know Jesus is coming back and we see the injustices happening. And I think as a Lebanese woman whose mom was a Palestinian refugee in the 40s, I think I was telling you before the show started, I probably have a... Uh, well, I know I have a biblical perspective on what's happening there and feel that uh, so much could have been avoided without yeah. the unprovoked what seems like. And I know that years of provocation has led to what happened. But still, I think that we look at the news and say, why did you have to turn things up to this degree? And now, you know, the Palestinians are bemoaning, of course, the situation. And most people now are looking at, oh, now this is what needs to happen because of all of the uh, um, just horror that we've witnessed in the last few days. So, oh, yeah. But the reality is in every um, refugee camp, there are many, many innocent people who are stuck there and who are victims of even the, the lies that they've been propagated over the years. And so there's so much a need for light and hope. And I just pray that God will help us to be godly in our re- responses. And Amen. for us, just pray for safety for our people in Lebanon. You know, Lebanon is, is heavily influenced by their own terrorist factions and, and all of the ramifications of that. So it's a complicated situation. Very complicated. For God Very complicated. And here's what I love, that you're a Christian. <laughs> 
who emerged yeah. from that part of the world. So, so yeah. I just think that is amazing. All right, so we got to get to the topic at hand, and I do have to issue a warning to moms with kids around. We'll be talking about intimacy and sex. So you might not want your kiddos around during the show, but I think that we need to bring some honesty and some healing to these issues for moms and for families. So we're going to talk about why even Christians struggle with sexual sin. And certainly some people who are not Christians listen to this show. But we're going to talk about, you know, past shame, sexual sin and other issues related to to sex and to intimacy. And also we'll consider how that might be impacting your relationship. Now, uh, I'm going to call her Lena, <laughs> the, the good doctor. Uh, you happen not to be married, but you still have right. a heart to help women and moms struggling with these issues. So can you explain how you can help a, a mother today or somebody else who's listening, you know, who's struggling in their attitudes towards sex or in sexual behavior from their past yeah. or in sexual behavior from their spouse, how they can heal when it comes to sex and in- intimacy? You know, my uh, focus is the church and Christians, and my entire life has been part of this uh, body of believers. And so uh, anybody can read the book. I think we become we have become more and more a culture that is completely divided in terms of how we view life. So someone who doesn't hold to a biblical perspective would find the things that we I talk about in the book completely uh, from another planet, and understandably, we are, in a sense, from a different kingdom. But for the Christian, I think I think we all like to think that we are better than we really are. And it's easy to point fingers at others and say, you know, I can't believe this other, you know, Christian leader imploded sexually, et cetera, et cetera. And reality is that every human has sexual baggage, and some is more respectable than others. And I think uh, for moms, I think it's twofold um, burden that I think about when I think about what I wrote about, which is really a sexual memoir of a what I initially dubbed as a sexual memoir of a 50-year-old virgin. And I remember a conversation with my therapist when I was working through some of this stuff in my life. And and I remember sort of feeling like I even talk about this in the book. And I say, I, I can't believe for someone who's never had sex that I have so much sexual baggage. And she, her response was very wise. And she says, you may never have had sex, but you, uh, her point was you have a sex problem. And, and because all of us do, we're created beings. God created us sexual beings. And so to separate one part of your life from everything else is naive at best. But, and I think as a, moms who are listening, I'm not a mom, but moms who are listening, understand that there's two ways to receive what I wrote. Mm-hmm. One is in, our own lives in terms of like what we carry into for you who are married into the marriage for single moms, how that plays out in your life. And then for um, most of you have kids, uh, how the impact of our sexual culture is affecting your kids. And how do you have a good conversation with your kids about it? Well, it feels awkward. I'd even say for some, there's shame involved in those conversations, maybe because of some hidden areas of sin and ways that we release um, our own sexual frustration. And so uh, the dynamics are huge. Yeah, they are. Um, And I want want to make sure we get to... To your knowledge. So I'm, I'm going to jump into the next question. And then I want to talk okay. about how sex is involved in divorce and, and breakups, yeah. um, the, the, the problems with that. So for a mom today, dealing with how she feels about sex, how she feels about her body, how she feels about her marriage or about being single... I mean, I think every mom would admit she's got mixed feelings and, and maybe even yeah. a tough background when it comes to sex and intimacy issues. We've all, you're right. All of us have something because we live in an impure, sinful world. So we've all got something related to sex that is not right. <laughs> so is, is there something that you can identify or maybe a couple of things behind most of our sexual behavior and sexual attitudes, um, that, that, that has gone awry? Well, we're all born into what Eve 
and Adam as the E first because though Adam was played the E first because she was the one who first took the fruit. But from the garden, I mean, we all are born into shame, and that shame was again brought upon us through the fallen nature of our great 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 ancestors. Yeah. And so, uh, I think if you believe in a biblical perspective, you cannot disavow Genesis three from where we all stand. And so, in that capacity, even those I grew up in a Christian home, I gave my life to Christ and wanted and and had the, you know I didn't go to any of those. I grew up in Lebanon, so we didn't have a lot of the purity stuff that was going on in my years of growing up. But if we did, I would have put the bracelet on, on and the ring and all the purity stuff. And I think that we again want to do the right things, but we don't. And 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 that can be again in a number of different areas it can be in singleness with one you're in a relationship with to even for me it was, it was a lot of it is in my thought life and the things that have allowed myself to see it while in 1970 and 80s that might have been sought out in 2023 satan has welcomed this stuff through our own handheld devices and you, i think it's naive to think that that's not the reality and even the best guarded homes uh that have tried to put some limits on what can be watched in a home i think understand that we can all break codes and over you know hide histories and, and i think we see that in the broken nature of marriages as you, you know we're going to move into that conversation so yeah. i think you know i think that that i think shame is a huge part of our dna and, and and we might even acknowledge as Christians that we're freed of guilt of sin, but somehow the this, this sense that I am not good enough, that I don't deserve God's love, haunts us, um, because very few people are genuinely walking, I believe, and statistically I think it would support my belief, that very few Christians are truly walking in the freedom of being Amen. So uh, sexually true. free from sin. So, yeah, so, so true. Okay, so so let's go to this. Uh, I just read some statistics that sex is one of the biggest factors for getting a divorce. Um, The the very first thing they listed on this list was lack of family support. But then after that, the the second most, you know, cited thing for causing divorce was infidelity or extramarital affairs, which, of course, is a sexual issue. And then right after that is lack of intimacy, also a sexual issue. So I'm I'm thinking about not only does it cause problems in marriages and cause divorce, but it causes problems for our kids. And this is what I want to get into. Is this because of the normalization of sex outside of marriage led by the incredible prevalence of pornography? And I'm going to give a few more statistics and then you can just go off however you want to in this answer. So 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites Roughly six in 10 Americans report having watched porn at some point in their lives. And, and maybe the number's a little higher than that, actually. Uh, 27% have watched porn in the last month. 35% of all internet downloads are related to pornography. And over 109 billion views of porn on Pornhub uh, five years ago. These are just you know recent statistics that I got. Well, actually, five years ago isn't that, that recent. And I know on page 26 of your book, you've got some stats. So how do yeah. mothers and their children have a chance for healthy sexual thoughts and behaviors in this kind of environment? Well, I think the problem is that we have, we definitely are hypersexualized. So that there's a lot of things that we used to think were no-nos that now culturally are okay. Mm-hmm. I would even say porn is viewed as okay by most people who don't follow a biblical worldview. Genuinely, it's looked upon as something that can be watched very casually. And while we might say, what? No, it, it, it invariably affects the way that we view certain things. And we can see it by the content on regular TV shows and movies that in the past would have been like, I can't believe they're showing this. And now it's like, and I'm not even talking about same-sex relationships, which was just be like, I can't believe they're showing 
nakedness. But now I'm talking about just the amount of nakedness that you see on a regular basis in all sorts of uh, shows, which, by the way, uh, you, you mentioned some of those stats, but I think the two that are the most striking, which have impacted homes, is how early kids are exposed to porn. I think that is in direct correlation with the fact that we have um, home devices. But 11 is the average age that a child is first exposed to porn, and 94% of kids will see porn by age 14. So anyone of that percentage, that's shocking, right? But anyone of that percentage that brings that, and you have to admit that some are going to become addicted to it, because it's addictive, and you're in your teen years, which is when the hormones are spiking. And so you have now this area that's shameful and secretive. And if you bring that into marriage, what chance do you have if you um, now, rather than building intimacy with your spouse, just go to this quick fix that can alleviate whatever strain you're having and always give you this land of acceptance. And so there's a lot we're dealing with. And then one more thing, women in porn. I think this has been a dramatic change in the last 10 years. Women now watch porn and in our cultures, again, looked upon as a good thing, not so much as a bad thing in the non-Christian culture. And so I think uh, the statistics that I have been most shocked by is only 13% of self-identified Christian women say they never watch porn. 87%, that means 87% of Christian women have watched porn at some time. That doesn't mean they're all addicted. And yeah. here's the other thing, and I talk about this in the book, women get off easy in that we might not need to, remember story is what gets women more so than visuals. And so while we might not hit up you know, the porn sites, we are going to be lured by that Amazon Kindle, you know, device that will take you into a story. And so erotica in a lot of the literature, I've yeah, that's part of my story. Yeah, you admit, you that. admit that that's be- yeah. because you are a 50 year old version that you yeah. were like, hey, at least I can get a little something from this. Um, right. and- and it was, it's fantasy, right? So yeah. why, do we, why do people, it's because you escape into a place where nothing hurts where you're not ignored, where you can be yeah. part of a story. And so and so I think, again, so for married women or, or women who struggle in their marriage, I mean, this is exactly what happens. The men revert to porn, the women sink into whatever, you know, Netflix binging or, or fantasy land that, that, that feels good in the moment. And 10 years go by, 20 years go by, and nothing's changed. And now you wonder if you're even a Christian. And also you have zero intimacy with your partner. And you are built, you and me, we're all built for intimacy. Yeah. And, and if we don't learn to do that, we're screwed. Basically. Yeah, the true. <laughs> that was the that was <laughs> The wrong, wrong word to use, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to rest on the on the on the porn um, topic, but it is pervasive and it's wrecking millions of relationships. And, and you're kidding yourself if you think that you can do that and it's not going to negatively impact your relationship. I remember hearing on the radio probably 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, um, somebody who's uh, you know a radio DJ talking about how she was trying to get pregnant. And so she and her husband would watch porn before they tried to get yeah. pregnant. And I thought, so you're bringing that into the creation of a, a precious little innocent life at that point. I, I, I didn't understand that. And then also I was just talking to my colleague, Jeff Hunt, across the hall, who also does a radio show. And he was talking about how AI is now going yeah. to create child pornography so that there's no, quote, victim involved because they can generate fake children. And so now you can't go after them and say, well, you're, you're, you're abusing a child by making them involved in it. They can just generate it. And so, and, and so the sky is the limit in a horrible way. And so I think it, it, we cannot kid ourselves and we do need to protect our children. So thank you for, for, for educating us. So I want to, I want to talk about this. You, you talk about blaming something or somebody else and, and often Satan for all of our sexual sins, um, like a porn habit. And you actually right. reference the old school Saturday, Saturday Night Live skit with Dana Carvey, where he blames everything on Satan. Uh, I just thought we'd grab a quick clip of the church lady. And now it's time for church chat. <laughs> 
the church lady, and this is church dad. <laughs> okay, that was all I could take. I tried to find a, some kind of clean bite from Dana Carvey. I couldn't find it. But but you say that he often would say, you know, why are you doing this? Oh, let's see, Satan. And and, he, and she would blame everything on Satan. But but what about that? Um, for Christians in particular, do we push things under the rug because we don't want to deal with them? Do we do we blame right. them and that, that cuts them away, you know, shuts them away in a cupboard? Like, uh, for the mom listening today, how should she be addressing stuff that she knows is not okay in her own life or, or in her bedroom or in her husband's life or, or as a single woman, like how should she be addressing it and not blaming other things? Well, I think what blame is, the, again, you go back to Genesis 3, it's the natural outpouring of shame as you blame somebody else. And so it's easy to blame Satan because he is in, in, behind every sinful and lie that, that exists uh, on the planet. But I really believe, and I talk about this in the book, I wonder sometimes if we don't quit certain sinful habits all, I'm not talking about porn, I'm talking about withholding from your husband or sleeping in different rooms over long periods of time and on and on. I mean, any, you know, sort of uh, practice that may not be healthy for the marriage or for singleness for that matter, um, because we just simply like our sin too much. And I think as much as we hate the the consequences, sometimes we just like it. We enjoy being in the place of sin. And so I don't think everything can easily, I do think Satan is behind every temptation, but I don't think you can simply blame that. I think there's a lack of love for the Lord. And I think that's the heart of why we don't have revival in our land. And I think part of getting... Well, we'll go back to that. We don't have revival because we're too attached to our sin. Is that what you're saying? Well, I 100% think that the reason there's no revival is that we are failing to repent. 100%. And I mean it nationally in the United States. When you look at the church world and the implosions that we've seen, you know, that I talk about some of them in the book, but really, I mean, famous people who have fallen massively that you're like, I can't believe something. How do you get to that place? Well, it's hiding sin year after year after year after year and refusing to say, look, look, I just don't love God enough. And the big movements of revival have happened when people have said, I am so sick of my sin, but I also long for God. And that can only happen when God does that in our hearts. And I think we try. I don't think we don't want that. We try, but... But we don't get deep enough in the work. Okay. As soon as things feel bad, we run back to our place. Yeah, yeah right, good. right, right, right. Our, our habits and our, and our diversions yeah. and our distractions. Um, yeah. You know, people will just have the fourth glass of wine or the third glass of wine or whatever. I mean, yep. you're right. We yep. just run back to that. So, so I, we only have four and a half minutes left. And this is such a rich topic. I wish we could go on for hours. But um, I, I want you to address one last thing in, in about three minutes. And then we'll tell people how to find you and, and your book. Don't tell anyone you're reading this is the name of the book. And um, the author is Lena Abu Jamra that we're, or Abu. Is it Abu or Abu? Abu Jamra. Abu Jamra. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And she's a doctor, so she knows what she's talking about. Um, just in the last three minutes, what about the women who feel completely different about sex than their spouses? Like their sex drive maybe is, is low and they feel guilty Higher about that. Or lower. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Either. I love that. And then second and last thing. And so just three minutes you've got, how does a mama prepare her child to think in healthy ways about sex? So those two questions well, go for I it. Think, I, I think, the, I think the first step in every healing process at some point is to tell your story, to come into the light, right? I mean, the, you, that's God, showed up to Adam and Eve and said, where are you? And they had to come before him. And while it might be the last thing we feel like doing, really, it's when you first tell your story to God and the appropriate places where you can find healing. And so I think there has to be that. Mm-hmm. When you shed light on a secret sin is when it becomes known. You might be trying to protect your spouse and your family and your kids and hiding, 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 hiding. Well, eventually it's going to come out. 
And so inevitably, the sooner you find a safe place, and this is one of the things I discussed in the book, how do you find the, the, the tragedy of 2023? Churches aren't always the safest place. I ended up going to therapy. That's how I found a safe place. Doesn't mean everyone needs therapy. Hopefully my experience, the money I paid for the therapist will help you because I really work through this stuff very uh, yeah. openly. So one minute, one help. minute. You got one minute to explain. Well, I mean, and, 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 and think with the kids, I think as you find healing, inevitably there's freedom. I can talk about things now in a way that I couldn't talk about it uh, five years ago. 10 years ago, even three years ago. Yeah. And the more I get into a place of healing, the more comfortable I am because I'm not worried about being found out. And so as you do that, as you step out of your shame, as you discuss these situations that need healing, and, and it, might need to, it might lead to difficult consequences, but then you get to a place of freedom. I mean, Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, but eventually they had Seth who called up, and that was when they started calling upon the name of the Lord. You do the work and your kids are watching. They're yeah. watching when you ignore sin. They're watching when you hide sin, they already know, but they're yeah. also watching when you confess, repent, heal, go to the extent that needs to happen to say, look, man, I have been hurt in my life, but I finally found healing in Jesus. And that will be a deeper story with your families than you can imagine. Amen. Amen. So, so very wise advice. How do we find you and your book? Don't tell anyone you're reading this. <laughs> How do we find uh, yeah, you? Yeah, our website, the ministry is livingwithpower.org, but we even created an easier website just for the book. It's called drlinabook.com. drlinabook.com. And that's L-I-N-A. And Lena spelled L-I-N-A. Yep. Okay. Bless you, my friend. Thank you for that fabulous relationship advice. Thank you for having me. Okay, take care. All right, so next week, we're going to talk about the Enneagrams of marriages and personalities and why you and your spouse, you know, don't understand each other. <laughs> so we will deal with that. That'll be part two of our relationship series. In the meantime, this is where I thank you for all you do. God bless you mothers out there. I'm, I'm so grateful for the hard work that you do to raise your children well, even when it's difficult. Um, you know, we, we were all sinners. We all do things wrong. So forgive yourself and move on and bless your children. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Remember to check out channelmom.org. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about our podcast. Get help from us however you can. Join us on Facebook and all other social media. We pray for you on Mondays. God bless you. Hello to my family tuning in. Have a great weekend. If Channel Mom Radio and Podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single motherhood. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see from others and families. Visit channelmom.org and click donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.